previously on the Hot and Cold Podcast. Hold on, guys. Yeah. Let's go over the rules again. COVID-19 discussion. Well done, man. Yeah. This, that was a fun one. I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. This TikTok thing that's been coming out. My daughter does it all the time. She's TikToking and she's like, a, you know, boop, 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 whatever. And I'm just like, whatever, whatever it is. But then I got on it. Croachment, defense, number 79. Five yeah. And this is stupid. This is retarded. Okay. Three, two, one. Emily, cute. Oh, Lyles. You know, that's messed up. That's hilarious. <laughs> you got Emily is cute. Wow. Okay, my name's Humphreys. <laughs> I got Cole Humps for free. Okay, okay, I, I got the better deal out of that one then, <laughs> for sure. Welcome to the show. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. I don't want to get copyright okay. by YouTube, so I'm going to cut this off. Sounds good. But can we make gospel music great again right. well <laughs> i listen to it quite a bit um especially in my car uh you know doing carpool and that sort yeah of it's uh hey man it's 2020 i got issues i'm messed up but you know what i believe in god and i right. believe in jesus and i listen to gospel music and oh. i love it yeah oh it's fantastic it's one of the things getting a lot of people through 2020 actually uh, yeah i believe it yeah. um and Shane and Shane, who was playing, okay. they have, uh, I wonder if, well, see, that's Psalm 130. That's mm -hmm. the, I will wait for you. They have a album, Shane and Shane, Psalms, Volume 2. I don't know what Volume 1 is, but okay. Shane and Shane, Volume 2. I mean, it's just, it's the Psalms, which we think of church when we were kids in this, like, hymnal chorus kind of goofy sounding whatever but you listen to that album you're like i want to listen to it again mm -hmm. it sounds great and it goes through and everything anyway I love me some, love me some some gospel hey yeah. and i listen to everything sure i'm not a bible thumper although maybe i should be hey that's not a bad thing yeah it's not a bad thing at all um so gospel music's helping us get through 2020 right so i was thinking about the colossal whirlwind of school districts in general and i thought maybe we can get a little uh two cents from our actually i can still say newly elected because this is your first term it is i'm that way as well it is. um school board member of grand prairie emily lyles um i don't even know where to start it's a lot Okay, so I have many teacher friends. I think sure. most people know a teacher. Mm -hmm. So there's some that are like, papers in the air, I'm done. You know, like, right. and then there's some that are just like, they're vets. They've been through this before. Not not before. Whoa, that not that. But they just kind of roll with the tide. They know sure. that they're here to teach. And that's not taken away from any other teachers. And I anyway, I've heard from... All of them, really. Um, I think I let them vent. And yeah, I think that's like, I'll find a reason to um, ask, hey, so um, what happened today with the kids? Right. Oh, well, let me tell you. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's a good thing. So, um, 
start. You start because I, I I just feel like there's so many questions. W- what do you think about? And golly, you had one. You had half a normal year. I haven't had a normal year. Yeah, well, <laughs> I really haven't. When you think about it, um, when I was first elected, um, it was. I think I had one meeting with Dr. Hole, and oh, it wasn't even man. a real meeting. When I say real meeting, I mean it wasn't a monthly, regularly monthly scheduled meeting. It was a budget workshop. Yeah. Um, and that was literally the day before she left on her trip. I can't. And then everything happened. Yeah. And so I didn't ever get a meeting with her. I've only ever had meetings with Linda Ellis. Yeah. So so hmm, let's clarify. Emily gets elected. Dr. Hole. Careful. I'm not blaming you. Careful. I think you just blamed yourself. No, but I, but I don't. I saw where you were going with it. No. Um, a no, month into it, our um, superintendent passes away. Mm-hmm. And, and you know the sad thing was, or or it was hard because just four days prior, I believe it was four days, my mother-in-law passed away. Oh man. So it was it was back to back. Um, it was hard. It was hard. Scott's and mother. Scott's mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I didn't. It was a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, being newly elected, some trustees don't ever go through the process of hiring a superintendent for their district. Oh ever yeah. In their term. Well, 12, 13 years, right? Yes. Without it. Yeah, she was twelve. Yeah. And so, um, I didn't certainly didn't know what to do, and so I really leaned on those veteran trustees to to kind of guide <laughs> me through. Um, and we made it. It was not a. It was not a uh, typical year. It wasn't a bad year. It was just a year of change and yeah. Um, really doing some work because it, it's a lot of hard work. So the semester without COVID, and w- was a semester with a brand new superintendent. Actually, right. an interim. She was an interim. She yeah. was because she wasn't um, hired officially until the end of the school year. Yeah. Um, and so we. Was that? Oh my gosh! I got my my. So, oh you you got a year with Linda um, before COVID of hit. Interim, yes, of interim. she was interim. Yeah, so um, I was elected in May, and of, course of that's nineteen a, of nineteen. Uh-huh. And so that's the end of the school year. So I didn't do anything that school year. Yeah. Came on in June. She was named yep. interim then. Um, yeah. After well, she was named interim in late July, and then. Um, went through the summer and then had the um, all last school year with her, but she was interim. And while we were going through the school year, we were going through the superintendent search. Oh, okay. So that whole year was consumed with the yeah. search, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a typical go through a normal school year. Um, fast forward and COVID hits. And it hasn't been a typical school year. If anything, it's... it's COVID hits... March of 20. Mm-hmm. I'm almost to this place where we've been in it so long that it's part of our history and history is a long time ago. You're I right. mean, really, like we're still eight or only eight or nine months into this. Right. Which right. feels a lot longer. Though. Yeah, feels <laughs> a, lot a, longer. Lot longer. a lot longer. Um, the good thing is, I guess we're talking vaccines. And so yeah, yeah. like legitimately talking vaccines. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's a whole nother thing, right? Like people, like there's a whole anti-vax culture out there. There is. And I get it. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I get 
the argument worry. I get, huh? The worry. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, essentially. Yeah, you're no putting you're putting a disease into your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. And without getting all political, but uh, they use aluminum, literally metal, and and it's pretty cool. It um, activates your immune system so that your immune system absorbs. It's only used to make sure you get it, uh, sure. if that makes sense. Sure. So your alum, uh, the aluminum makes your immune system say, whoa, what's this, on alert, and then you absorb this vaccine. Interesting. And Learning that, something. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what the va- that's why people, they don't want aluminum in their body. They're saying aluminum sure. causes all kinds of diseases. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, one, two vaccines – I mean, we get more than that introduced to our body on a daily basis, I'm sure. So I think the argument is multiple vaccines. There's like 100 vaccines out there for different things. Anyway, Um, tell me, actually, I'm really curious about you because you're uh, one of those uh, people that go from the red south place, right? Yes, we live live south. South. Of 20. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which but, I feel like. But you went. Rep. You went to that other school out there, right? I did not. I did oh, not you did. I didn't go to school here. Okay. I'm not See, from I here. thought that. No, 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 no. I thought that because yeah. you met Scott at Tech. I did. I did. But I was thinking, no, she went to. She went. No, I'm from okay. A so not bitty, at all. Not at all. I'm from okay. a little bitty town in West Texas. Really. Um, called Monahans. So it's about forty. I feel like I've heard of the term Monahans before. Well, uh, funny enough, we have a state park there. Mm. Um, the Sand Hills. Which is it Monahan Sand Hills or is it just Monahan State Park? Is State what Park, it's called. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're big, huge, white sand dunes. Really? Um, is that the draw? Uh, the sand dunes? Not really. Oil is the draw. <laughs> I mean, we're I mean, in West Texas. I mean, that's specific. the reason we lived there. Um, the I don't know that I would call them a draw, Cole. Really? I mean, uh, but you're talking to someone that grew up there. They're yeah. not that big of a deal. Although I will tell you, Scott is very angry at me still to this yeah. day that he's never been. Oh, <laughs> I never took him there, and he's been there a lot. So your um, family's still there? They don't live there anymore. <laughs> They're in Abilene now, and that's where my mom and dad both grew up. Which that's like all Abilene in my head. Anything past like, that, pretty much past is. Weatherford. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. oh, Abilene. Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyways, they, they they do have a state park, but it's a little bitty town. I think it was about 6,000 people when I grew up there. Yeah. Um, I only graduated with like 80-something kids. Um, Do they small. have like school classes? Like, uh, not, I mean yes. like 5A, 6A. Yes. Yes, we, Cole, we met in classes. <laughs> we did. They I'm do. That... We were, when I was there, we were actually 4A. Now I think they're a 3A school. They dropped. Um, they did drop. Because yeah. everybody else grew and they didn't. <laughs> well, I think what happened was you kind of had a slump in oil. Now they probably are bigger because, you know, mm. the boom. But then again, yeah. it fluctuates so much out there. Yeah. Um, but Hours drive. Because uh, this is Texas. It's about four and a half maybe to okay. get there from here. Okay. Um, Which it's about is... 45 miles uh, just west of Midland, Odessa area. Yeah. So it's yeah, not Yeah, Abilene. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Nothing past there, so. Um, so you went to tech. We did. I left there, graduated there in 95. Uh, how, how far <laughs> is that city from tech? About three hours. Okay. Whoa, wanted, really? Yeah. I wanted to go further away. Um, yeah? I, three hours is far. I guess not for Texas, maybe. Because everybody probably yeah. goes to tech from that area. Um, a lot do. Odessa does have a 
college there. Midland has a college. So um, a lot of people went there. A lot of people go to San Angelo mm. um, or Tarleton. You know, what kind of country folk out there. So About <laughs> like, a girl <laughs> in San Angelo yeah. or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So they there's other. Uh, Sol Ross is in Alpine, which is not that far. Wow. So there are some. There were a, a significant amount of us that did I mean, trek but north you, and go you, to Tech. And you shoot for the sky. I mean, Tech, at least as far as I know, Tech, UT, blah, 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 but like that's a major university. It, it is. It's not a smaller one. It is one of the big, yeah. I call the big three, if you will. Yeah. Um, my dad went to Tech. UTA, so kind of, A&M, Tech, was that? Yeah, yes, in my book. I'm not, but we're not going to get into that here. I'm not going to make enemies. I'm just having fun. No, right? So I went there in 95 and then met Scott there. He came, he's actually a year older than me, mm-hmm. but and went to junior college here for a year before he headed okay. out to tech. So I didn't meet him until the spring of 96. Okay. Um, That's like quick. So you guys were dating for three years in college. We actually did. Yeah, we dated for six years before we got married. Wow. Um, but he... We were just friends first. Yeah. We met through a mutual friend yeah. um, out there and just were really good buddies. So and then it kind of evolved. You know, and I'm going to explain it because I love the story uh, about m- me meeting Scott. And, and you, because you're married to Scott, I guess you probably hear this is probably common with some of uh, Grand Prairie people, I think. Anyway, you know, uh, I think his family's Grand Prairie. Oh, they are. Yeah, and, and, and so I don't know. I couldn't tell you who Scott is at all, and I'm an usher at Verizon Theater Yeah. <laughs> before I was on council and just because it's a cool job to have. Mm-hmm. I watched like 30 concerts that year yeah. in 2017, and I started in 16, I think, when I started doing it. And um, Scott being close in age and similar just people i'm like hey what's up dude he's like what's up dude you know and next thing you know we're friends talking about gp and this and that um i think him being 94 um he knew like i always reference my brother's in 97 and then um, i have other friends that are mid 90s and so you just start playing the you know who game yeah and um it's interesting how you become friends that way like, right. I still don't know a whole lot about Scott, you know, yeah. but like, because we have that, you work together in an environment where you play that connection game. Mm-hmm. So then I run and he's like, are you running for council? And I'm like, yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, well, la, la, la. Yep. and, uh, it's it, now Scott's one of my, I'd say closest friends. I don't talk to him that much, but I consider him sure. a, a confident and, and, and in many different ways. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that he's a Grand Prairie guy. I despise him for going the southern direction, but well, you know, your kids we, go to South. Uh, one does, yes. Because they're one still coming up. They are. I have a, a junior at South and then an eighth grader who goes to a middle school out South um, that's in our neighborhood. Yeah. But whenever we decide, you know, and, and I'm going to catch some flack for this, but I tell this story. <laughs> When we left Tech and we were kind of figuring out what we were going to do, um, we knew we wanted to come back to the Metroplex. Scott kind of had that pull to come back here. Me being from a very small town, always wanted the big city. 
Um, so Grand Prairie, the big old city. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I liked it. It was hey. kind of smack dab in the middle of it all, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but initially we didn't move right away to Grand Prairie. We he got a job um, before I did and took us to North Dallas. We actually lived in Addison. Um, okay. And then that's where I worked. And what's your? Uh, we I did accounting for a commercial okay. real estate firm up there, um, and loved it. We liked the area. Of course, it was kind of up and coming. Lots of young people. Um, and then it was, let's figure out long term. <laughs> we were in an apartment, which we liked. It had been about a year. We were really wanting to buy a house, kind of settle down. And so we started looking. And we were looking up there thinking this is where we'd stay. We like the area until we realized the price per square footage oh. of a house there. And it was a shock, complete shock to us. And so one day Scott called me at work and he said, hey, when you get off, meet me in Grand Prairie. And I was like, we're not moving to Grand Prairie. <laughs> we're not doing it. I was like, we're not going to do it. And he was just like, I, just hear me out. There's a new development. I found two houses. I Just come look. That's all I need you to do is just come look. And I was like, oh, begrudgingly. Okay. So I meet him. We, The neighborhood that we're in is where I meet him. It's brand new, has a few model homes. There's a Two houses that are already built but had fallen out of escrow. So move in, ready. Um, if you didn't want to really customize your stuff, sure, you can take sure. it as is. So we go into the first one, and I liked it. It was a great starter home, um, but I was petrified because it had white carpet, <laughs> white tie. Everything was white, and I was like, oh, this is not going to end good. This, yeah. So he was like, all right, I've got one more. Come on and show me. And we uh, we pulled into it, and I was like, there's no way we can afford this. There's no way. Because in my mind, I'm thinking the North Dallas price is still. Yeah. And he was like, it's a done deal if this is you think. And so I was like, all right. When I heard the difference and of the oh, cost okay. of living, yeah, I was just like, okay, we've got to do it. <laughs> I mean, we just have to. And so over time, I, I realized. And now in hindsight, looking back, it was the best decision. Oh, yeah. You know, having kids now and having them grow up here, you know, Grand Prairie's a lot bigger than what the city I grew up in. Yeah. But you've got that hometown feel, which I appreciate yeah. now that I'm older, you know? That's so, I love hearing that, being a Grand Prairie nerd, because I believe that as well. And yet we are 200,000 people. Right. So when, how long ago was that? So we moved here in... Let me think about this. 2003. We closed in December of 2003 on our house. Okay. Um, so 17 years. Yes. Yes. And we were big then and we're even bigger. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I always try to figure out what that is, that hometown thing. I mean, again, 200,000 people, that's not a small hometown. And I think I've concluded that the skinniness of our city, mm -hmm. you know, we're 26 miles north and south, but we're like, and there's a couple of wide points, right. um, but you know, eight miles wide. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the Northeast uh, sector over there, which is my um, council district, mm -hmm. um, extends all the way to loop 12. It does. Yeah. But outside of that, um, everything else is, is very skinny and yes, very much hometown feel. And I, I bet, I wonder who's, who's moved in the last couple, couple of years. If they feel that as well, yeah, I'd be curious to know. I would hope so. We, right? yeah, well, we. I mean, you. From my experience, you can have access to all your council. Your mm -hmm. mayor is like the the oh, social everywhere. media guru. Right. You know what I right. mean. 
he's wiping me off the face of the earth when it comes to social media. And I'm, uh, he's 30 years his, his younger, know you know what I mean? He's got it down. He's oh, too, yeah. He's, he's involved. I love it. I love, love, love it. That's a good vibe uh, for it a city is. to have. Um, our previous mayor was there for 20 years, and, I mean, I think he's still not on social media. Not, I hate, I always have to, like, say I'm not talking negative. Or no, anything, right. But, but I uh, think there's something to be said about changing and, and keeping up with the times, yep, if you will. Yep. You know, and um, right now, especially during yeah. this pandemic, that's all we have to really communicate. Okay, so, keeping up with the times, um, 2020 forced us to be technologically advanced it did whether we were or weren't we uh, technology was right you know luckily to throw it back to the district we prior to and it was it was the year before i came on the board the trustees voted in the big you know 14 million dollar technology package that that gave the majority of our students one-to-one okay i was going to ask about that is that the ipad kind of thing yeah so so certain um ipads are are the majority device or the device the majority of the children have um some do have computers at certain schools they do use laptops laptops. Mm -hmm. so they did that big forgive me um, is the um ipad slash laptop given to the kid rented to the kid they are given and it's basically theirs it is for the school year for the school year so it's not something that they keep necessarily um okay. in the sense Loaned. of it's yours to own so what it's happens like a, is it's like our textbooks when we were in kid in school yeah, where you like sign your name, sign your name and keep it and <laughs> give it back give it back at the end of the okay. yeah well these these have a serial number on them um I'd like to think, and, and the only reason I think this is just with my kiddos, they try to give the same iPad, if you're, for example, in a middle school setting, the one that you get in seventh grade, they'll take it back at the end of the year, but you'll get the same one in eighth grade. So okay. they try to keep the device keep to you, you yeah. but it's the district's device, and they do take it back in the summer, and they do upgrades and re- you know repairs and all that kind of stuff as needed. Do... Have we considered them keeping it during the summer? Well, they did. Okay. They had to. This this summer especially. Okay. So so we were um, in school uh, going on spring break. Everybody thought they were coming back. Yeah. I mean, kids had their devices at home. Um, Some kids had stuff at school that they were like, eh, I'll get it when I get back. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And we never went back. Yeah. So they kept them. So then it was a, a... decision or a conversation of do we try and gather all these devices or do we just let them keep them well we had to let them keep them after spring break because we immediately flipped to an online model yeah you know in the spring and they had to have those because you do have kids that have nothing at home yeah um and so then it was well we're going to try and do some enrichment stuff in the summer. You know, we'll try and that way they'll have access to technology in the summer. So we let them keep them. Are the, and that was, are the um, iPad and slash computers have internet access on them? Meaning they don't have to connect to an outside source? No. Or they no, do have to connect? They do to, have to connect. Okay. So one of the main things the district was tasked with in the spring was finding out who had that connectivity and who didn't Yeah, Oof. because that's a big, you know, when we talk about inequities, that's yeah. a big one. No doubt about um, it. 
that the pandemic, quite frankly, brought like crazy forward in our faces like never before. Yeah. I mean, I think I pay a hundred bucks a month for my internet access and that's probably way too much. I need, I mean, I think I had it down to like 55 maybe, but I'm saying many, many people have other things to spend their money on. Oh, sure. Than internet at home because their phone probably has it. Right. So we found in some cases you're using a hotspot. Okay. Yeah. And that was the immediate thing of how can we get kiddos connected? Well, we have buses that have hotspots on them. Mm. So we would go set a bus in an apartment complex. No way. Yeah. Oh, man. To let the kids get onto the hotspot. You could go to and sit in the parking lot of any of our campuses. Yeah. And we amped up how far that signal would reach. Yeah. So that kids could stay in their cars, you know, be socially distant and all that. If they absolutely needed to connect and could not yeah. any other way, you could go sit at the school parking lots. Um, of course, you had kids you know, using Starbucks, hmm. using Wi-Fis at restaurants. I mean, I think you saw the stories that were on the news. I mean, it was it was crazy. But one of our big goals was we've got to get, if we're going to ask our kiddos and our parents, quite frankly, to go virtual, we have to not only provide the device, which we were doing to an extent, and I'll yeah. get back to that in a second, but we have to provide that connectivity. Yeah. I mean, what's the device if you can't get on and use it? And our teachers are using Canvas and Google Classroom, which requires you to have an internet connection. Yeah. Wow. Um, so fast forward to the beginning of the school year and our kiddos that were... This school year. This school year, yes. So when I say one-to-one devices, um, K through three had devices, but they weren't one-to-one. They were classroom sets. So it was four to one, I believe. So four kiddos to one device, but they were, and they were kept in the classroom. They never left the school. Yeah. So in the spring, we immediately started deploying those devices to third, second, you know, the older grades just to get them into hands. And they became one-to-one then. Yeah. And then at the beginning of the school year, or it might've been over the summer, we um, approved another big technology bundle that gave K through second one to one. Yeah. And iPads. Do so you, now do, every kiddo has their own device. Do you get um, numbers on? Um, I, I hate when the words slip my mind. I take pride in in my wording sometimes, but uh, you know, discrepancies, uh, loss. Um, meaning, we get we give out a hundred iPads and four of them. Never come back or whatever. Sure. Um, We do. I can't tell you what that was. Um, I know that was one of the big concerns when we were talking about letting the kiddos keep them and not get them back in the summer. Yeah. And what do you do to that kid who doesn't bring it back? Like, you know, you you can throw them in jail. No, you're not throwing them in jail. Do you find them? Well, you can, you know, send them a bill. But, I mean, they don't have it because they're not responsible enough a lot to of do it anyway. Are, a lot of them are responsible. You'll be surprised. I think the majority of the kids, if they're coming back to school and they're not seniors and graduating, yeah. if they're coming back to school in our district, they're bringing that iPad because they know they need it. Um, even if you're yeah. in class, you were using that. You have yeah. to have it fully charged with you every day. Now, are there some instances where kids forget and, oh, mine died and I didn't have it charged or whatever? Sure. But for the sake of just having the device, I feel like it's not – the loss isn't that great. Yeah. Now we fast forward to 
spring break, we don't come back, and now we've got to focus on getting all of our technology back from our seniors. Yeah, yeah, they're taking so off. So they had drive-through events, you know, like, hey, these days, come drop it off, and you don't have to get out of your car. You're just going to drive through, drop it off. And when you do that, you're going to get all your information for graduation. They tied it yeah, to yeah, yeah. other stuff. And I think – I can't tell you the exact numbers, but I think we, we recovered – Quite a bit. I mean, yeah. I don't think the loss was that great or as great as maybe they thought it was going to be. I mean, iPad, $1,000? Well. I mean, I know because I'm thinking of an iPhone 22. I mean, I don't, whatever the, right. they're up to now. Right. <laughs> they're, you buy it at AT&T store with your upgrade package, and it's like $900, but we'll give it to you for 700 whatever. Yeah. And that's the little phone, so I'm thinking right. iPad's bigger. It is, but. It's hard to say. We get a pretty good deal. Yeah, well, yeah, um, when, you're you know, when you're buying 30000 yeah, yeah, you get a pretty good deal. They're still expensive. Yeah. I mean, in the big scheme of things, you're talking, I mean, to, to outfit K through second was over $2 million. I mean, Whoa. it was, um, they're, oh my expen- gosh. they're expensive, but it's not. they're cheaper than if you and I were to walk into a store and get one. I'm thinking about, about like Amazon, how well they did, and these... Zoom, how well they did oh, pandemic wise. Don't you wish you Apple? could have bought stock in Zoom? Who knew? Golly. Right? But even um, the rest of them, all the tech companies, oh like, yeah, they boom. Blew up. Sure, for sure. So it's um, it's been interesting. Now, back to the connectivity, we were able to, when you registered, we register all online. And it's through Skyward, which is their big programming that they use. And in there this year was a question of, do you have internet? Who is your provider? What speed is it? You know, to kind of gauge where people were. If you identified as not having any connectivity, we gave you a hotspot. Mm-hmm. So that we paid for for a year. What does give you a hotspot mean? So you're getting a... a your device has device. access. No, you're getting a separate oh, yeah, yeah. device I've seen those. Okay. that goes into your home. That gives you the ability to connect to the internet. If you don't mind, um, so what is what do you think the reality are the? And I'm real curious about the cost or what. I don't have to go to that detail, but every device has internet access on it. Okay, so it's, I mean, I, it's interesting my, that you asked that. My imagination is it almost like doubles the price because it's a continuous. It is expense. It's expensive, and um, our board president just asked that question. Two months ago, maybe. Really? Um, you know, what's the when we were purchasing the K through twelve devices? He said, "Okay, what is it that you can? You know, what's the difference as far as having a device that has that internet yeah. connectivity on it versus one that doesn't?" And it was significant. Yeah. It was significant, and because we had purchased hotspots, it didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Financially, to. Um, to do that hotspots as well as yeah because you don't need it makes the hotspots obsolete when yeah. you've already paid for them so yeah. and those weren't inexpensive right. either I mean everything comes to the price right yeah so um but but I, you could you see it it could being get a there thing? it could get there yeah um especially with the way things are going because I think virtual school's here to stay yeah and so that's that's important because Unfortunately, and it's nobody's fault, but we've just spent a lot of money on the buildings. Mm-hmm. And these buildings now probably can be half the size with less. Impo- and, and, and you could never have anticipated even the closest to being that. But 
I mean, you could save the half the building costs goes towards whatever uh, virtual learning it is now. And here's the deal. You guys are forced to do this, right? So right now we are, yeah. Yeah, at some point in a year from now, I, I mean, one year from now, we're different, right? I mean, we are. I vaccine, we are. Yeah, vaccines are out. People are comfortable coming back. And I mean, vaccines are out. I mean, people are taking them or sure. those who fear COVID more than others are less fearful. Those who don't fear COVID are not having to do the restrictions. Like all the, everything works out to where unless our skin starts falling off, we're going to go back to I, well, and we're some type of normal. We're seeing, I want to say more normal now. We saw that after the first nine weeks. So with this, with the, the way we're doing it is, you're, in the spring, we were mandated shut down. We could not have anybody in, in campuses. Um, fast forward to the fall, and it was, okay, you're going to be delayed and be virtual for however many weeks you chose. We chose four. Yeah. First four weeks. First four or, weeks. We were virtual. And then you're going to bring kids back. And so they, everybody that wanted to come back had to make that decision the first nine weeks. And then two weeks before the second nine weeks comes, we send out and say, okay, you have the option to change. If you're at home and you want to come to in-person, let us know. And that's for planning purposes, yeah. get it for staffing and all that sort of stuff. You can go from in-person to virtual anytime you feel the need. Anytime okay. you don't feel safe or you're uncomfortable, you can automatically go out with just Teacher an Teacher decision, admin. So for... Principal. That's for students. Oh, students. So for students. Can make that decision. Can make that decision. Yeah, let me be very clear about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Students get to make that decision. And then students also get to make the decision from coming virtual to in-person. So the I want to say the percentages were about 60% were virtual and 40% were And can I ask, is this person. today I want to go virtual, tomorrow I'm going to no, go home? You need to make your option. clarification. Yes. So you don't get that out. You can't do that because it was, it was one of, and we talked about this cause I was like, okay, what happens to the, you know, the kid who's got senioritis and is like, eh, I don't feel like going today. Cause I know I can just log on. Yeah. Me. Right. You know, and it was for, that would drive our teachers crazy. They just yeah. can't do it. You can't plan that way. So we did say, okay, you got to make a decision stick with it for nine weeks. Mm -hmm. You can change it at the nine weeks, but you got to stick with whatever decision you choose. Yeah. Um, especially, coming virtual to in-person. Wow. So we were about a 60-40, I believe. So 40% were in-person when we started and 60% were at home. Both my girls went back when they could. Yeah. Um, one went south, one went to Reagan. Fast forward to the end of the nine weeks and you see south kids kind of start pulling out. Yeah. Everybody wants to go virtual. And there's, there's kids. And that's not because of COVID. I think Some that's not, because of the simple option to, I don't have to come to school. Right. And and you're probably right. The majority of that probably was because our schools are doing a really good job of of keeping everybody safe and mitigating okay. spread within the schools and all that stuff. It's, it's to me as a mom, it's not a safety issue. Yeah. Um, but you do have kids that are um, really just want to have that freedom, if you will, yeah. of, of being home. So... We we're at a sixty forty. We go to the first nine weeks and we bump to like a uh, almost a fifty fifty. So you had kiddos coming back. Now we did have some about six hundred kids district wide that chose to go back home after that first nine weeks, but we had about two thousand kids 
that came back. So there were about 1,400 kids that came back into our schools wow. um, that we didn't have the first nine weeks. Yeah. And that was because parents realized how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> because it's hard. Yeah. So um, lots of learning going on, right? Not just school. Like parents learning about the teaching of their kids, kids learning about the importance of in class and how important it is to have a teacher in front of you as opposed to, and opposite of that. I mean, people, a lot of, in my opinion, especially in 2020, education comes down to teaching to the individual. Mm -hmm. And when you have 40 students in a class, that makes that incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Now you split them up, some in class, some not. The Can good you thing imagine that, how hard it is? I mean, you know, we're not in the classroom, right? Yeah. We don't see it day to day. I talk to teachers. You talk to teachers. I hear their frustrations. I hear their concerns. And I don't take those lightly. I mean, because yeah. they, they're legitimate. And, you know, I always love it when I can talk to a teacher and they'll tell me, hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. But I think this might work better. Hmm. Bring me a solution all yeah. day long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then you have those teachers that just want to be heard. Yeah. They just want, like you said, they just want to vent. And, and that is okay too, because it's hard what they're doing. They are, you know, I was talking with our superintendent this week mm -hmm. and, you know, we constantly are saying they truly are what's keeping us afloat. They're frustrated they're tired, they're anxious. Yeah. You know, they're all of these things that maybe you and I don't experience on a daily basis, but without them, our schools don't work. Fall apart. You know what I mean? And so I can't give them enough credit. Yeah. Um, and it's just words. I wish, you know, you wish you could do so much more. Um, it's all. So I mean, I think teachers want to hear it. I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but it's like, we can't pay them enough. Oh, you can't. You that's can never why, pay teacher enough. I'm going to get slapped in the face for this, but that's why I'm not a big fan of teacher raises. And, and I think raises with living costs probably are acceptable type deal. But like, you know, I mean, golly, I could double your salary and it's probably not going to be enough for what you're doing, right? Yeah, like, yeah you're it, never going to be able to, to pay a teacher what they're are worth in a yeah, sense because yeah. of especially now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have a, I have a solution to better education what's that? forever. Okay. Okay. This is, this is, if I was on school board, I would do this. Mm, okay. Except I wouldn't be able to. So and I don't <laughs> think you can either. Well, let me hear it. Double your teachers. <laughs> mm. I, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, do you know how hard it is to find somebody who wants to teach right now? I know. We can't find subs, Cole. I know. You can't get subs in there. And there are times. I'm hearing admin is like some admin is teach are teaching. They are. Yeah. So so what's happening now is of course, you know, it's crazy with COVID because you don't have to have COVID to be required to stay home for with, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so something happens and you're out at a, at a family gathering or at a restaurant or whatever, or your husband comes home and says, Hey, I've, I've gotten it. You're then considered to be exposed, wow. which means you have to per the district policy. You're at home for 14 days. Yeah. Now the blessing in that is that you get to teach from home yeah. <laughs> with the virtual environment. It's not like you're having to use your time or whatever, but, 
Um, when you're exposed, even though you don't have it, you're still home for 14 days. So there's a lot of staff gone on any given day just by that. Yeah. Not counting, you know, teachers that are just need a day to decompress. Sure. You know what I mean? Or teachers that have doctor's appointments or other things that they've got scheduled that they had planned time off for. Yeah. Um, and so you think, okay, in a normal year, you've got subs, you've got a, a, a probably a, what I would think would be a pretty good pool to pull from. Yeah. You know, no one, no one wants to come in and especially after the horror stories they hear, no one wants to come in and, and try and do what teachers are doing and put themselves in that position. We do have some, but not yeah. near enough. Yeah. And, and I subbed when I was like 21. Right. And okay. I, I would like, I, it's so easy. Sure. I showed up, had a, um, a itinerary and had the kids read or do a little assignment. Mm-hmm. And if I was cool and they did, they were nice. I'd let them talk the last five minutes, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. yeah. that's if I want to sub now, it's not even, uh, I'd you have to like going. go through my own learning process because I'm not showing up to a class or maybe I am. You are, you are showing up to a class. A well, sub is definitely going to go in. They're actually, yes. A okay. sub is going to be on campuses. Yeah. Um, you won't have a sub. You're not going to sub from home. Virtually. <laughs> no, it. no, you're not. Um, but I'll tell you what does happen. So for instance, you will have a teacher who let's say is out for 14 days because they were exposed yeah. and not sick teaching from home. You will have a sub in that classroom monitoring yeah. While the teacher is teaching virtually. Wow. So, because you have to have an adult in the room with the yeah. children. So you are in there answering questions for the in-person kiddos, helping the in-person kiddos, but they're being taught by their teacher from home. I think I want to sub. So. I think I want to, I think I might have to look into that. We would love for you to come sub, Cole. I, I'm but like semi-retired. So like, I think I could like hey, get a couple days a week and. Jelly about that. <laughs> um, You should, I, you know. It's, it's one of those things. I think it's, it's the kids, obviously, we've got to have someone in there with them. Um, the teachers need breaks for yeah. wh- or, or whatever reason that they're out. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we will take a sub where we can get a sub. Um, they're valuable right now, but they're hard to find. Okay, so, um, so I hate, like, everything about COVID is almost political, so right. this, I don't even think, I don't think I have to preface this question because it's not political, but like the realities of the COVID mm-hmm. spread within the school, mm-hmm. uh, you may not know every number, but mm-hmm. is, has COVID spread in our schools? Has COVID, I mean, I know we're getting people that get it or exposed to it and they're just quarantined for, for safety right. purposes, right. but like, let's say outbreaks, an outbreak sounds like it. I mean, the word outbreak itself sounds like this group over here has all got measles and mumps and dying. Right. right. So, so do you kind of get what I'm asking, or no, should I, I keep do. going? No, no, no. I, mean, I understand, and I'm going to tell you. You know, I think everybody's definition of what consider is considered a spread is different. Spread. Okay. Um, you know, you hear about you know the families that gathered for the birthday party. And they called it a super spreader event. And I think there was 14 of them that were, you know, ended up having. This COVID. was just like a news story. Yeah, or it like, was in Arlington yeah. like a few weeks ago. So um, our goal was to mitigate 
school spread. And when, when I think of school spread and, and what I think we're looking at is you have a kiddo that tests positive and then you identify those close contacts because contact tracing is, is a beast. Yeah. Um, you identify and, that. And that's as, just as much as you can. I mean, parents, oh, friends, no, there's, classrooms. Okay, so for instance, um, you have got, and I'll take my daughter's school at, at Reagan. Um, there's QR codes everywhere. You go to the bathroom, you're scanning a QR code so they know who's been in no and out way. of the bathroom. Oh, yeah. It's detailed. Wow. Um, at the beginning of the school, you had to choose your seat for lunch. Yeah. You can't move there. So that if they say, oh, you know, Jane Doe has called in and has COVID, they go, okay, where does she sit at lunch? All these people were around her. They know. I mean, it is so intricate. Wow. You would be amazed at I'm, how. I'm, well, I'm quite impressed. There's a total task force at the Ed Center that's sole job is that. Um, well, let's not take it too far off, but um, is that CARAC's refundable, maybe? The, their job, like contact tracing stuff? Well, yeah, the task force and the, no? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so, right? I mean, and, and we can get into that That's here a whole, in a yeah. little bit. It's a whole, I, I don't want to dive off into that, but um, we've got some really, really good people that have kind of taken that job on at yeah, the Ed Center. Okay, and so. they're doing a really good job with it. So you identify your close contacts, okay? And those kiddos immediately are quarantined for 14 days. If you're considered a close contact, you get a phone call from your no principal way. and you're home for 14 days no matter what. That <sighs> negates school spread, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because you're we're being proactive instead of reactive, okay? Yeah. And... But we can because they have the ability to be in school virtually. They're not missing any instruction time, albeit it looks different, they're, yeah. in, but they're home. So we've done a really good job as a district to mitigate that. Man. There's not been an instance that I'm aware of where a student has gotten it in a classroom yeah. and the close contacts were have gotten it. It's usually that one you know, and if you go onto our dashboard, we've got a really cool dashboard that the, the task force and everybody created that tells you by district, teacher within staff, within students, and then it breaks it out by school. Yeah. And you've got obviously in your high schools, your numbers are a little bit higher. They're bigger. High school kids, it's hard to tell high school kids you're not going anywhere. You're staying yeah, home. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not doing anything. Freedom. Um, yeah, they're gonna and and some parents just don't care. Unfortunately, they just you know they're, they're oh, letting yeah. their kids do whatever. So the numbers tend to be a little bit higher there. And when I say high, I'm talking like twenty. Yeah. Um. In our three or four high schools, uh, just are, are too big. Too really, big. really in at, at GP and South. Yeah. Um. Is Dubisky just not on the radar type thing because they're just no? I mean, they are every. I don't know that. Uh, I'd have to get on the dashboard, Cole, because I don't want to say something that I don't isn't mm -hmm. true, but I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that there is a school that hasn't had a case, but there may be, Yeah, there may yeah. be, there's a lot of onesie twosies out there yeah. um, because of all the protocols that we've put into place. Now I'm be real honest with you and tell you that in extracurricular activities, it's been a little bit different. So okay. when it comes to sports, yeah, you have, but you got to think about this too. You've got a, a, kiddo that plays basketball let's say which is starting up it is starting up that plays basketball that um 
gets it and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, I was at so-and-so's house or, oh, I got it from here. Nobody's gotten COVID from one of our schools. No wow. one has said, oh, I got it from. Got it from the outside. Yeah, you know, It's all been out in the community. But you get a, f- a basketball player that's got it. Well, they p- all practice together. Yeah. You take out a team because of quarantine. Yeah, it's so crazy because um, I feel like especially basketball is where, I mean, basketball and wrestling are the two where I'm like, I mean, you are just like bumping up. And, and this is when your pores are open, emitting sweat everywhere, right? right. Like, so all you got to be. Like, if I went and worked out for 30 minutes and came in here and talked to you, that would be the least safe thing to do because that's when emissions are happening from my body. Right, and you tend to be in each other's faces a little bit. Oh, yeah. With football, we worried. I mean, I'll I'll be real honest with you. I am shocked the football season happened. I'm thankful that it did. Well, it kind of happened, right? To some extent. That's what I was going to say. I guess you refer to South, and I'm more for the Grand Prairie. Well, and I hate that for Grand Prairie because they were fun to watch. And then it it just breaks my heart for them Um, because I really do. Even though I live on the south side of town, my kiddo goes to South. I really do love all the sports teams. I mean, I go, I go to all the GP stuff, you know, as my schedule allows, but I was thinking football probably wouldn't make it, but I think what helped them was they had the plexiglass inside the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's, and that was a common thing. Even some people even did that before they they covered up. um, But basketball, how do you do that? You don't. Yeah. Right. No, you don't. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, I know the coaches, I know the coaches are really telling those kiddos, Listen, God, you know, stay safe. Yeah. Wear your mask. Socially distant. Don't go to parties. Don't do, you know, because they want to play. Yeah. Um, oh, man. But I, and, and I guess that's a good point is you can, with proper discipline, the kids can stay healthy and play and do oh, well. Oh, and I think, I, I, I think that's evident. Yeah. I really do. And I think, um, you know, Grand Prairie's got a heck of a, base, or a basketball team. Yeah. That, and that's what I was getting excited about. I was like, man, you know, it's very rare for me to, like root for a successful winning Grand Prairie team, you know? <laughs> well, and yeah, so, so like I South mean, y'all are spoiled. You get it every year. You got good oh, athletes no. and good, but, but Grand Prairie were like, we got a team. Why is that though? You know, that kind of, I, I really thought I not know. to go off in a different direction, but I really, really thought that by opening the district, creating programs at different schools, that would draw kiddos in. I mean, that nursing program at Grand Prairie High is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that you would kind of get, it would maybe even the playing, I don't want to say even the playing field, but even the playing field. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just so don't, I, but I don't know what it is. It I kind of has. I mean, Grand Prairie is getting better at most sports. I they mean, are. I mean, football team is not bad at all. No. I mean, this crop, I think they're juniors this year. There's like a bunch of athletes. They all went to school with my daughter on Southside. Really? Yeah. And so everybody now, went to Reagan and then they all went to GP because we were, Bradley was like, oh, wait, that's so and so and so and so. I mean, and I was like, oh my gosh, I knew all these kids at Reagan because they were at everything, you know, and yeah. as involved as we were over there. So I wonder why they went out south. I don't know. I mean, back back to GP. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm kind of glad they did. I mean, yeah. it's been fun. Spread spread the love. Yeah, it's been fun. So, um, but anyways, so you worry about sports, you worry about, um, controlling the spread there, but again, done a really good job of it. I'm very proud of what the administration has done because I do think when you look at other schools that are having to close down because they've had spread or, um, 
you know, you've got different, and, and there's a different levels. I mean, you can, you can do from just having a classroom be virtual yeah, and going all the way to the school. I don't know that we'll ever see a whole district shut down again, unless it just gets really, really bad. I don't yeah. foresee that ever happening. Um, but it certainly could be where you've got yeah. a school shut down. And so you want to try and mitigate that as best you can. And we've done a really good job of that. I think so. Um, I think that I, I kind of want to include city in this, but especially the school district as elected officials, Hey, and the admin themselves as well. It is, uh, for you guys in particular, it's been the most unique couple of years, mm-hmm. um, for the past, I'm going to, let's start at 12 years. And, and 13 now, it's been a year since Susan passed. Uh, for 12 years, it was um, how we educate our kids, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we're arguing over whether we give them a par- particular curriculum or the different ways that we try, which is like the perfect thing. I mean, you're changing and trying different things. Like So this is just kind of this cycle of I'm on the school board, and not to belittle any school board member, but like, it's a routine thing. Like it's oh, a, sure. it, can become it, that. it was like a, we can argue over, we teach them this way or we teach them this way, mm-hmm. A or B, mm-hmm. quite similar ways, different methodologies, whatever. And it's all very important. Well, the past two years has been like, I mean, in your short time has been superintendent search and a complete transformation of education. Oh yeah. So no matter what, at this point, you have done things on the school board that no one else has ever done before yeah we all have starting at least for 12 years and the superintendent search is only a small portion of that small yeah and so um on the city side us going through that i always i'm a very much karma and like we are where we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. right now at all times like I'm, i'm standing right here right now for a reason right and it's uh, and it, I don't want to say I was supposed to be there when COVID hit because I'm the leader that yeah, I'm not. That's not no, what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's un, it is very interesting that you, me, the rest of the boards are in a position when this hit, mm-hmm. and what what makes why are we here? Why am I here during this? Is it because I need to make it better? Because I need to back off and let admin do their job? All those things go into my mind. In my oh, mind. Sure. And that's a, that's a big thought. That's a deep, yeah, deep it, thought to have. Well, and I, and I, I don't think, I think it's fun to ponder. I don't think you need to come to a conclusion. No, I don't know that there is one. But it allows you to um, understand that you, you're here for a reason. Sure. And the decisions you make are very important. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, let's, if you don't mind, if you're, Ready for it, I want to give a quick shout out to um, my, I can't shout out to him, maybe his family, uh, my uh, deceased council, former councilman that just passed this week because of COVID. Mm -hmm. This entire conversation was a COVID conversation. I mean, I love educating our kids, but we're educating, we're talking about educating our kids today because of COVID. Yeah. Um, some people, I don't understand the politicization of it, but it is a political thing, regardless of how you look at it. 
Um, however, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. COVID is a real thing. It is, yeah. So I hate that I even have to say that. Mm-hmm. And many people um, want to argue that COVID was made up by the government or whatever. Right. Hey, people got sick from COVID. People are going to hospitals for COVID. Yeah, you can argue whether it's flu, it's really the flu, but not really the flu, or it's cold, or hey, there's not been any colds, and what? I don't care. Right. COVID happened. Right. And it's affected, at this point, we all know someone. Oh, of course. Now, Jim Swafford passed a couple days ago. Um, Jim and I have a little bit of a history, nothing bad, it's just politics, but in uh, 2013, this was, uh, I think, a cool story, and nothing against him, but he's involved in the story, so um, Ron Jensen and Mark Hepworth are running for mayor. Mm -hmm. They have to step down from their council position. Right, I remember. Mm -hmm. And um, Bill Thorne is on his deathbed. And maybe Ruthie had already passed. So there's like five council people, mayor and four council people there. Right. They make a proclamation, a rule, whatever, I don't even know what this is, to rename a few public buildings after public officials. Right. Um, it would be Sunset Golf Course, which we manage, own and manage, the city owns and manages, was going to be the the – clubhouse was going to be the Jim Swafford clubhouse Mm -hmm. guy plays out there like every day and he'd been on the council and been a part of making that thing happen this is 20 years into his by the way 40 years of service service and nothing came out yet of his bad things right so like you know and 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 Shotwell at that point had been on 15 or 20 years it was going to be the Tony Shotwell Life Center had a way bigger issue with that but right so I go up along with five or six other people, which we never have that many people over an issue. And I made a speech against naming public buildings after current serving officials. Mm-hmm. So this is a, you know, this is direct to Swafford and direct to Tony who sure. are up there. Yeah. So I, um, doesn't, doesn't, it's not affected. Of course, it's kind of political, and and they pass it and right. it gets done. Right. Um, after the meeting, uh, I was like, Hey, Mr. Swafford, you know, congratulations. That's pretty cool. And he's like, F- you know, he just like lays oh, into no. me and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and, uh, that was our kind of introduction and oh, wow. we became friends afterwards. And yeah. like, I think he, from my perspective, it's almost like saying this mean old politician's name in buildings after himself then tells me to screw you or whatever. Right. But from his perspective, it's like I've served, he'd serve the city for 35 years or whatever. And somebody they're honor they are honoring him. He's right. honoring himself. Right. And some punk kid comes up yeah. and is like talking about that. I don't deserve this honorship. Like, right. so you see where things. Yeah. I, I totally understand. You know, I, I remember all that really, really well. Um, because I think we sat on the same side of the fence on that. Yeah. Um, and again, more so with the Shotwell Center. Sure. Um, and this isn't against Tony and it isn't against no, Jim. No, it's, it's, it's the principle the act, of it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, you know, I, I knew Mr. Swafford. Um, we had met previous to me running um, at a few events. But I really got to know him when, when I ran. filed to run. Wow. He was the first person that said, hey, I want to meet with you. Wow. Um, 
and it it wasn't a a, a political meeting. It was a let me find out who this person is because a lot of people didn't know who I was. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, I was married to Scott, who's a third generation Grand Prairie guy. <laughs> you know. Um, which is great, but a lot of people just didn't know who I was, especially if you didn't live on the south side of town. Yeah. So um, we met and had a great talk, and then throughout the campaign, you know, chit-chatted here and there. He gave me some great advice, and even afterwards, even these last you know year and a yeah. half, two years I've been on the board, we would talk. He would, he, I would, he'd pick up the phone and call him, or he would call me. Yeah. Um, no, so I'm glad you said that, and that was the deal is when I get on the board over the years I had seen him and talked to him and it's almost like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Then, and it wasn't during my campaign, but once I started running, like I called that guy every other month mm-hmm. and said, Hey man, I, well, this case is coming up. It's going to get nasty. Probably. What do you think about it? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to be careful about that because yeah. the, it's called a traveling quorum. Right. So you can only talk to one or two guys. You right. can't call every councilman and get their opinion on things. Same with us, yeah. That's illegal. Right. So, but Swafford would always be the guy, and and then it got to a point where he would call me too, and and it's interesting. Well, I feel like you have to have somebody yeah. that's in it with you, you know. Um, and I learned that when I got on. It's like okay, you because there's a lot of stuff that you can't talk about. Yeah. You know that happens during a closed session that that falls under that attorney client privilege that you're not you can't just share. Yeah. But you have to be able to bounce your thoughts and and process Get it with somebody, right? And, 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 and because of this whole traveling quorum, at least for me, I kind of pick one person. Yeah. And I've got what I call a board buddy on yeah, the board. Good. And that's the person that I kind of go to if I need to bounce something off or discuss something or go, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking. What do you think? Yeah. Um, and I think that's healthy. Yeah. And, and from my experience, and I, I bet it's the same with you, the board buddy – isn't my teammate that we are voting. No. We're, we, we have an agenda. No, it's just... Somebody to bounce ideas off of. Because and a lot they of times, have the same thing. They need that... Right. And you, you got to run through those ideas and, 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 you and do, scenarios. And, and you may not end up on the same side of a situation. Yeah. You may, you know, find yourself going, okay, I'm here and I'm here and we're going to agree to just disagree. Because never am I... I'm never, as a sitting trustee, going to try and to convince somebody yeah. to the, I mean, to the 10th degree on you need you to need listen to, to me. Yeah. No, like everybody's there for a reason. We're seven votes. We're all equal. Your opinion is just as valuable as mine is. Yeah. But I do think there's something to be said about having that conversation. Absolutely. Regardless of where it ends up. Um, so yeah, it's you good. Make it, and making that informed decision mm-hmm. and bouncing that off somebody who's especially like Jim Swafford, who's oh, so served on the school board. He did. Yeah. And, 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 and that's now where I since, valued his advice. Oh, you know? man. Invaluable. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, we're continuing on this thing is, um, you know, he was our he was a chair of our finance committee. Mm-hmm. And it is just I'm still sometimes um, overwhelmed by how how large our finances are and mm-hmm. how important they are. And he could just tell you every little detail of every piece of finances that we had. And it was like, so I've taken a small step towards learning more. And I I mean, I got to do it in increments because it's so much. Yeah, it's so much. And and, um, I always said this, like, I'm not a fan of a 20-year incumbent. Why? It just doesn't seem right. Well, why? 
it just like it's just this thing of twenty years in one position doing this. Like, what are you benefiting here? What is what's going on here? And I don't know. I mean, Jim may be the most corrupt dude ever, but he may be the the, the best angel ever when it comes to that. And it may be somewhere in between. I don't know. My point is, generally, I was against this twenty year guy. But as I got on council and I learned, Jim Swafford was the number one asset to the city of Grand Prairie. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. Mm-hmm. We have all of our bond ratings, mm-hmm. all of the money, the money that comes into the city, your tax dollars that come into the city of Grand Prairie is heavily safeguarded by the mind of, of Jim Swafford. And we are not going to be the same moving forward. Um, Greg Gessner, I believe, is kind of going to be in that role of, and of course we'll figure okay. this out, sure. but he's been on the ch- on that committee with, with uh, Swafford okay. and, and Greg's the one most ready to kind of like try to, do. but Greg will tell you, he ain't there at all yet. You know, sure. he's, he's a got lot. a long way to go. And um, so I, I had this battle of like, oh, this 20 year incumbent, you know, we need to get somebody else in there. And then realizing that how much of us, especially now when we don't have that, right. how are we going to, and we will, it'll be oh, fine. It will be. Um, and by the way, we, I discussed it with the mayor and a couple other people. And I was like, he never had an opponent where he didn't win by 70% of the he vote. Had two, we, you know, we, we shared in that during our election season, cause he and I ran together. Okay. Same cycle. Um, and he drew three opponents. I drew, or well, two. There were two. three in the race, and I had two opponents. So we kind of, you know, we talked about that because he was talking about. It and he was like, "I've never, I don't know that he'd ever had that many." Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? He wasn't worried. No, he was never worried. I never got that vibe from him. Maybe he was. You know, I don't know. I never got that vibe. Now, you know, did he have to do a little bit more probably than he's ever done? Sure, but I think yeah. that that's anybody that served for twenty years. I mean, you think yeah. about even on the school board, we've got you know, trustees on the school board that have been there a really long time that it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, we'll file and, again. and I kind of was like you before, you know, going, I, I, I'm a big advocate, I think of come in, do a good job, do your job while you're there. But then at some point pass the baton. Yeah. There's something to be said for letting new blood come on. Yeah. Um, and and I still think that to a degree. Yeah. But then, like you said, you get on and you realize the value of someone that's Oof. been there for so long. Man. Because we do have, you know, we just, Chester is not on the board anymore. Yeah. And he was one of the ones that I was like, okay, you know, he's been on there a really long time. And then I get on and his mind he he's kind of the Mr. Swafford of yeah. the school board. You know, he's he's so so smart and knows so much. And I would call him and say, "Okay, you know, he's very methodical and I appreciated that." Um and you you uh, Brian is a great trustee. I think yeah. Brian brings a lot of of value in with his background in education. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to do some great things. But you you do feel for a little bit you're like, "Oh, you feel the you, yeah. you miss them. You do. So Jim was Jim, Jim was eighty four, mm-hmm. and we know I know of at least um, forty years of service. So that's right. forty four. That for me, that's still six years away before he even started. Right? Like, right. I mean, right. I, I can't even imagine. Um, well, but think about all the things he did before. Yeah. That though. Yeah. Um, 
RIP. So it, it, Grand Prairie lost a major asset. Right. Um, he, I, it, it even, I've never been a good with death. I, I usually avoid it or I mean, I've been to like two funerals my, my entire life. Oh, and, wow, okay. you know, I just, maybe I need to be better at that, but I'm also, also kind of have this idea of like, we're going to die. Yeah. And and when you're gone, unfortunately, you're gone. And mm-hmm. what I want to move forward, and I don't not remember people, you know what I mean. But yeah. I, I've never been good at the mourning process. Sure, I don't think I'm like hiding anything. I mean, I think we have to dig down deep to like maybe find if I'm shielding something by not mourning or whatever. But maybe it's just a guy thing. I mean, whatever. Um, so I am ready to move on and, and I've not yet had somebody super close to me die. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. seeing Jim two or three times a month may be one of the closer people um to me that I've passed. Okay. But um R. I. P. Love the guy. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's it's a very sad, sad situation. The, the, I think it's a lot of I know it's almost inappropriate to talk about it, but it is very natural. Uh state law says hundred and twenty days okay, you have to have the, you have to have an election. Okay. So that's um, 120 days from Tuesday. It, not declare an election. It has to be done. Oh. So and 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 our normal election cycle, January to May, mm-hmm. is four months. So this is December. I mean, we have to declare it now for an election in April. We can't put it on the May ballot because that's more than 120 days. Okay. And so we're gonna have. A special election, then the normal election cycle. Yeah, it's about to be, be uh, interesting be. spring. It is. And if COVID um, is still around, you, people are not even thinking about running for office. No. Um, and so it could be mm. crazy or it could be absolutely nothing, right? I mean, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, that's interesting to think about because, you know, we, for us, it's the same thing. If you're, you know, within that 120 days, you appoint somebody and then they run in the, nor- the normal cycle. Okay, so y'all do an appointment within the 120 within days. Within the 120 days, yeah. yeah. If it's outside wow. of 120 days, you have to have a special election. Yeah, I don't think um, we do the appointment. You would just leave it open if it were within the no, 120 it's days? No, it's a... It's a, or is a special election no matter what? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize We start I right now. You. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I say right now, we just have to set a date um, yeah. for the election and start and get rolling with it. That is so crazy. And wow. and then we're not gonna do a funeral. I mean, till late twenty one. They said we're right. Thinking. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I heard was that it was gonna be, you know, in the in the spring. If or, um, well. for anybody still listening, an hour over an hour into it, uh, the Christmas tree is up at City Hall. Right behind the Christmas tree, are until Friday, our flags are at half mass. Oh, good. In honor of them, it's gonna be a good time today or tomorrow to go visit that and see the flags next to the Christmas tree. So. Um, Emily, thank you. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. I know yeah. that we've talked about it for a while. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of yours. Oh, thank I you. want you to do well. I, I love um, your passion for our kids. Um, I'm, uh, it's easier to build a good man than it is to repair a broken one. So anybody who invests in our kids is uh, up there in my book. Um, so I want to challenge you to take that wholeheartedly as well. I mean, mm. you're not just there for, and I don't 
would never accuse you of that. But remember, this is for the kids. um, And and that's why I like having the school board members on, uh, give them an opportunity to express themselves and what they're doing. People don't ever, everybody has ideas on what we should be doing. But when you're sitting in that chair, you understand that we're, it's all, it's all organized. It's all, and you're taking information from both sides and making right. the best decision right. um, for your in kids. In the interest so. of the kids. That's the most thing. Yeah. You know? well, At the end of the day, every decision that you make, and I can say that I have, has been for all the kiddos. Excellent. You have to. So. Hey, thanks for coming. Merry thanks. Christmas. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas to you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Thank you. Oh.